0: hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of my podcast um i actually woke up this morning feeling a little weird because for the past seven days i've almost died like twice and i don't know what's happening in my life or why these like crazy things keep taking place but i am safe to say and i'm happy to say that i am alive to present to you guys this new episode Um, And today I'm going to be talking about first date red flags, just because last year, and I know that sometimes I'll I'll talk about like manifesting people in your life, especially if you want like a romantic relationship and whatnot, but for a while before I got to that point, I was actually dating uh, a bunch of people, a bunch of guys that taught me a lot about what I did and didn't want in my next partner. So like I said, a little bit of background. I was last year, especially by by the end of last year, I was dating pretty frequently. I would say I was going on like two dates a month, averaging out at that. Um, I've just gotten over a pretty brief, but very bad relationship. Um, I've talked a little bit about it before, but it was one of those relationships where you think everything's okay and then at the end of it you just kind of realize that you just got like completely fucked over and you know it made you look back and realize that things things were actually not okay when you perceive them as okay and that you ignored a lot of red flags it was one of those types of relationships um it, it was toxic And there were definitely signs that I'd missed. So let's jump into the number one red flag, which on my script here, I put it as red flag number five, but I'm actually going to move it up to number one. (laughs) Because even after this happened to me, I ignored it. And I went on a second date with this person. But number one should be... The red flag on a first date is that they should never be checking your phone. Like, that should not be okay. So, this one time, I'm on a date with this guy, right? And I leave my phone in his room, and I go to the bathroom. And when I come out, like, we were about to leave. We are about to, like, um, he was going to take me home. But I came back into the room, and my phone's missing from the table. And I'm, like, looking for my phone, like, where the fuck did my phone go? And he's, like, in the living room, scrolling through my notifications. And I look at him, and I go, like, what are you doing? You know, I don't want to be too confrontational, because obviously, you're on a first date, and that's not. Very safe, you just want to kind of take a laid-back approach. I feel like sometimes... And he looks at me and he goes, "Oh, I was just checking the time, but when I walked in on him, he was literally like scrolling through the notifications and he had done it like slightly a few times before that, where I didn't like notice it too much, but it was there. And thankfully I stopped talking to this guy and just like completely blocked him on everything. But that was something that, had I seen one time only, like, I should have just ran in the opposite direction. Because, like, that's not okay when a guy's, like, checking your phone. Even to look at the time, like, they should not be touching your phone, period. The next red flag I would say is that if they talk about problems from their previous relationships, this could mean that the guy's, like, closed off emotionally and he's scared of being hurt again. And if he's kind of in that space where he's guarding himself, he's not very, he's not entirely open to getting to know the other person and um, just getting to know them and connecting with them on an emotional level is a red flag for me. Like I would want somebody who's taking the time to completely like get over their ex has waited like months, years until they've started dating again and really are open and have an open heart. But I also find that if you yourself have a closed off heart and you're out there dating and trying to find someone, you're not gonna be very successful. Like you also have to have an open heart and be completely over the previous person. But a lot of times when they talk about problems from their previous relationship, that means they're not over their ex. I'm going to tell you guys, this one time I was on a date with another guy, a different guy, not the one that checked my phone. But we were having a conversation and it was going really well. But one, he showed me a picture from Halloween and it was like a couple's costume. And Halloween was like literally a few days before our date. And I was like, oh, who was, like, the female counterpart? I didn't say it like that, but, like, I, I don't want to say the costume. So I was just like, oh, who who was the girl? And he was like, oh, it was my ex. Which basically means they broke up a few days beforehand, and the guy was really just on dating apps, just looking for, like, a re- rebound. And another thing, if you're on dating apps right now, is that I find that a lot of guys on dating apps aren't over their exes. So that is something that especially on dating apps, you guys, like you need to make sure because a lot of times guys will break up with a girl. They'll be in a relationship for like three years and they'll try to move on and they'll get on like Tinder, they'll get on Bumble, whatever that may be and try to find a rebound. So if you're somebody who actually wants something meaningful and good in your life, um, make sure that they've kind of had some time away from their ex. So the third red flag is when they're overly touchy. I would say, like, kind of take this with a grain of salt because you kind of got to feel the vibe out a little bit because the guy that was had just broken up with his girlfriend a few days before and was just looking for a rebound, he did not touch me at all. He did not kiss me at all. And that can also, you know, be a red flag because it's like, you know, this guy, I don't think he felt like it was okay to touch me because he was like still in love with the other girl. Which, you know, good for him, but also just like he wasted my time. Another thing is like if they're overly touchy, and I would say upon meeting you, I've had situations where it was just going to be a hookup with a certain guy. So immediately upon meeting me, they'll, you know, they'll put their hand on your back or they'll put their hand on your thigh or whatever that may be. Like, they'll start touching you a little bit. And a lot of guys, um, especially the good ones, quote unquote, um, they usually don't touch you very much. Like, they might hold your hand, which is very innocent. And I wouldn't say that's a red flag at all. Um, It's actually pretty sweet. But... If guys are just kind of touching your body, you know, and doing kind of weird things, that is a red flag for me because that also tells that they're probably, their intention is to have sex. And other random, like small touches are usually a guy's way uh, to kind of test out the waters and see how much you're willing to accept that touch, if that makes sense. Like they're kind of touching your shoulder and your lower back and your thigh to see how much you will allow and see if they can actually like have sex it sounds very shitty but it's actually something that quite a few men will do especially if all they want is sex they'll kind of test out and see what you're willing to allow my fourth red flag is if they ask to split the bill my number one thing is that like they should be paying for first dates and if you Listen if you feel bad that they pay for the first date Number one why first date should not even be that expensive in the first place um, I honestly don't care if people don't like this opinion if I'm on a first date It should not be expensive anyway. The guy should, you know, always offer to pay and he should be willing to pay because it shows effort on his part. It shows investment. It shows that he's interested in you and he's going to keep making that effort and to keep you in his life or keep seeing you. And when you think about it, your time is worth so much more than that $15 burger that he just bought you. Like, your company, your presence is so fucking valuable, way more valuable than you even think. So don't feel bad if a guy pays for your meal. And I'm not saying it should always be the case where the guys pay for everything, because I also don't believe in that either. But it does show some effort and investment on his part if he does pay the first time. And just because he pays the first time does not mean that he's a good guy either, because a lot of guys will put up this, like, good guy act with the intention of something else, so I'm, it sounds very shitty, but you really got to be careful in these situations, because some men can be very cunning, you know, so you really just got to not fall for their tricks, (laughs) don't try to be too much on the defensive, but just, you know, know what you deserve, feel... You know, stay in tune with what your body's telling you. if your body's like, hey, I kind of get this weird feeling from this guy, but he bought me flowers and he bought me dinner. like still, kind of trust yourself. You know, if your intuition's telling you something's not right, trust that because your body, your intuition will tell you, especially as a woman, when things are not okay. My last red flag is that they should be confirming with you the date and time of your your date supposed to take place. So, it's happened to me before, too, where I've gotten, like, rain checked or people cancel and they want to reschedule. But, honestly, if he cancels on the first date, he's probably not a new. If he cancels and reschedules because something actually happened, that is a good sign. And I would recommend you uh, give that person a chance. It's funny because I did that on... uh, my current relationship where we had a first date planned and I had to cancel and reschedule because I was, uh, moving out at the time. So it was, it was a valid excuse. I would say that's something that you got to test out with a grain of salt and they should always be confirming where are we meeting? What time are we meeting? How long are we meeting for? You don't want to let first dates drag on for too long, you know? When you're planning these first dates, it's like, okay, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, and it's done. And as a woman, we really got to stand our ground with that. Because if we kind of let it lull a little after the fact of the things that we did, um, I don't know. It's just not bad bitch energy. I don't know how else to put it, you guys. I I woke up a few hours ago. So I'm literally just telling you this right now. If you're going on a date with a guy, especially that you made on a dating app, what I used to do was just be like, first of all, the person I'm dating right now planned it, but ideally you want the guy to be asking you, you know, what your interests are, what your favorite places to eat are. And then he can kind of like plan it a little bit himself. It doesn't have to be some crazy thing. You know, he can just be like, so we're going to go to the library and then we're gonna get lunch at this place. And as somebody that agreed to that, you know, if you really like this person, do what you need to do and spend more time with them. But the way I like to do it was, we go see the sunset, we go have burgers at this place, and then you take me home. Why? It leaves them wondering and wanting to see you again because you, we're like, we did this, we did that, we had a great time, now I'm going home. I'll see, you na- I'll see you on the next date. It leaves them kind of curious. It leaves them wanting to spend time with you. It makes them chase you. And who doesn't love a good chase? I feel like a lot of people hear dating advice and they're kind of just like, who are you to tell me what to do? Like, who are you to tell me if I can or can't sleep with someone on the first date? I'm not trying to tell anyone, like, how they should date. I'm just letting you know what I would do to actually find someone that genuinely liked me and was, like, wanted to know me, invested time in me. And I dropped everyone that showed me these red flags in order to find someone that was worth, of like, my time and stuff. But like I said, you guys, uh, you can share this on your social media because I know a lot of people, it's cuffing season and a lot of people are trying to get into relationships right now to do all the cute, like, Christmassy stuff. I'm really looking forward to the holidays because there's so many new people in my life that I just absolutely love. And I've, to be truthful, it's a lot of people that I've manifested in my life. And I'm so happy and grateful that I get to spend these next holidays with the people that I love. Because I've just had such a life-changing year. I went from living with my parents and being in college and miserable last year. Last year, you guys, I was just in a toxic-ass relationship in college. I hated it. I was living with my parents. I was so unhappy. And at the beginning of the year, I said, fuck it. I took a trip up to Seattle, I went up there on the train, got COVID, uh, had a quarantine in Washington. I talk about this in a different podcast, uh, me traveling to Seattle, the boy I met in Alki is another episode regarding that experience. But like I said, I went to Seattle, And I loved living by myself because I had a quarantine up there. So when I came back to my parents, it was like, I'm out of here. I love living by myself or at least having my own kind of space. And one of the things that motivated me to move out was that this, it was this Gary V video because some girl said that she lived with her, her dad and her parents. But she wanted to drop out of college and, like, become an entrepreneur. And her parents disapproved of that. And they're very negative and they're very toxic. So one of the things that Gary was talking about is that she needed to move out. And she's like, oh, but I can't afford it. It's like a money thing. He's like, no, 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 no. Why would you put yourself in an environment where every time you walk in the door, you know, you're hit in the face with negativity? And that's really how I felt living at home was like it's negative but moving out of that going into a space that you know may not be as nice but at least you know it's positive like you have more control of like the energy there versus staying at your parents you know it's toxic experience anyway where was I going in with this yeah I, I moved out and then I started traveling a bunch. I was working on my business. I met my boyfriend. I was dating people. My life has just taken so many crazy turns this year. And I have just been so fascinated by all of it. I've been podcasting the whole thing. And I've really just come in, a, in tune with the idea that you can just create your own life, really. Whatever life you want to live, Like you can create that for yourself. As long as you know what you want and you single handedly aim at that and you try to have fun during the process because life is really just about enjoying yourself and having fun. And feeling peaceful and loved. And people go through hard times, but it's how you perceive those hard times that really just gets you through it and allows you to keep going, because if you feel unmotivated if you feel stuck and you don't want to, you know, if you, <laughs> I feel like that vine where it's like when you, uh, you know, I, I don't know if you guys know that vine, but it was like really popular. That's how I felt there for a sec, but it's it's how you perceive things. If you let something bad that happened in the morning, let let's say you go to work and like somebody's being a Karen or something, and you let it bother you for the rest of the day in your head, you're complaining about your job, you're complaining about your coworkers, you're complaining about whatever X Y Z, your car doesn't have gas, you're in your head complaining, complaining, complaining. You gotta realize that that's kind of not okay. You can be in control of your thoughts. And you can stop having all those negative thoughts and move on to something more positive. One way that I do that personally is like, I'll turn on my affirmations first thing in the morning. And waking up to, you know, I'm worthy of abundance. My success is guaranteed, whatever that may be. Speaking of affirmations, they're so fucking good for you, you guys. Like. Ever since, I feel like nothing has helped me manifest things into my life more than affirmations have. And speaking of affirmations, I always read you guys some of my affirmation cards. So I'm going to read you guys these affirmations right before you go. Twice, So because repetition is key here. Taking care of myself is a radical act of love. Taking care of myself is a radical act of love. I seek out happy people who inspire me to be great. I seek out happy people who inspire me to be great. My productivity stems from inspiration. When I focus on what brings me joy, my tasks become effortless actions. I am ready to go big, rise up and step into my power. Guidance is available to me now. I know that angels, ancestors, and spirit guides are always at hand. I do not walk alone. So those are the affirmations for this podcast episode. Um, I make a lot more episodes on like how to get your energy up there, how to live your best life basically, even though sometimes I don't live my best life. I'm gonna be honest with you. It's it's rules that i've learned along the way that have helped me better my life and i'm on this journey with everyone so like i said no one's perfect like anyone on social media who tells you that their life is like 100 amazing all the time is like fucking lying to you because i don't believe in that either i don't believe that anyone's life is perfect it's really what you make of it so with that note please share this on your social media follow me on instagram my instagram is jessica m as in maple liz as in liz so jessica m liz with that i'll leave you guys and have a good one bye